All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and I'm joined today with Dylan Elgus. Dylan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Zach? Good, glad to hear it. I'm doing well. Thanks for, thanks for asking, and thanks for stopping by today. Of course, of course, I appreciate the uh, the invite here. I'm really excited to do this. Yeah, of course. So Dylan is a certified personal trainer, coach, and kind of like the health, wellness, and you know physical activity portion of coaching um you know but dylan why don't you tell us a little bit about you your experience what you do okay so yeah i i as zach said i am a coach uh or a personal trainer i prefer the term coach though um and i first dabbled into this industry with exercise you know um started training and figuring out things for myself and i had a lot of people asking me for advice so i uh just went from there and um, figured out, you know, maybe I should look into doing this a little bit more seriously. Um, from there, it kind of snowballs. You start to realize what you put in your body makes you uh, perform a different way. So then I started paying attention to the nutrition and then uh, the sleep comes along with that. You know, you start realizing that, uh, you know, it really, it really helps. My workouts seem a lot better when I get some nice quality sleep in the next day. So I started focusing on recovery. And then from there, I kind of built it all together into um, now I'm just a coach who, who I'm going to talk to you about every aspect of your life, whether it's what you're putting in each day, how you're moving each day, or, you know, what you're doing between your training sessions and whatnot. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you bring up so many, so many good points there that there's so many aspects towards, you know, your health, whether that is recovery or what, what you eat. It's not just like going to the gym and lifting some weights that are going to give you the results to fuel your body or to, you know, get stronger. Right, right. No, definitely, definitely. Um, that, that was actually one of, the, one of my favorite things that I've heard. Uh, name is Larry Geyer uh, once said, the only reason we work out is to create the opportunity to recover. Mm. And I think that that is a, uh, a, a very missed missed uh point there because you know a lot like you said a lot of us we just think as exercise as its own entity and when we're at the gym we think we're making a lot of these changes but those changes really don't take effect until you know you you go to sleep that night so if you're not really sleeping that night or you go out and you you party you know you throw some beers back and stuff like that and then you don't really sleep all that well chances are your recovery is not going to be all that great and you're not going to see a lot of the results that you're trying to get from your training sessions definitely and you know i think about maybe people you know our age or just anyone that's trying to work out and you know they might spend a good hour really intense workout in the gym but then they are doing those things that you mentioned, maybe, you know, going out and partying, staying up late, you know, not really balancing recovery and sleep. And then they're like, what the heck? Why aren't I getting the results? Or, you know, I, I'm still eating, you know, fast food all the time, but I'm working out, right? Like I'm, I'm running five miles a day. Why aren't I seeing the results? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I'm not saying that, you know, we, we're not able to enjoy ourselves. We don't need right. to be robotic. You know, maybe <laughs> I, I can be a little, a little bit like that sometimes, but you know, I don't, I don't expect that from everyone. Right. Um, but it's, it's definitely a balance that we have to mm-hmm. try to try to gain control of there. And we have to know when, when is it okay? If, if, if your goal really is to make these, these performance changes or these um, mobility performance changes in the gym or whatever it may be, training for a competition or just training to be fit for life, um, whatever it may be, you know, your goals have to align with your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our habits follow our beliefs and our beliefs are determined by our goals. Definitely. And I mean, I think, you know, that's a great point. People that are trying to be, you know, a college athlete, their their lifestyle, their training regimen is going to differ from someone that's just trying to be able to walk around the block a few times, right? You know, it just, it depends on what you want and the, the lifestyle that you want to live. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that it's really funny that you brought it up, like college athletes or yeah. uh, even if you go on to the professional level, man, it's, it's really interesting when you look at some of the schedules for these individuals. I mean, talk about robots, man. I, I was <laughs> talking about myself could be like that, but they're, everything is down to like a science almost yeah. to where, you know, if they're, especially if they're training to, to make it to that next level, you know, um, everything is organized so that, you know, their sport is their top priority. Right. right. So in, in, it, in it, 
I think it becomes very difficult for um, the average individual when we think about our training day like this, right? We think of ourselves as, oh, like I want to train like an athlete or we'll take a movie star, for example, we're going to kind of switch gears. Yeah, we, we, you know, I think it was really popular and maybe you might, might remember this, but uh, when like Thor mm-hmm. first came out, like those movies a while back, everyone hopped on um, what Chris Hemsworth. Yep. Is that his name? Yeah. Chris Hemsworth's uh, like exercise program and nutrition plan. And I mean, he was training for like two, three hours a day and then eating somewhere in like the six thousands of calories. And I knew people that were like trying to do this <laughs> program. And I'm like, well, you got to remember, like, that's his job, you know, is to, yeah. to train and eat like that, you know, and unfortunately, you know, whether you're a student or you've, you've, you've gotten your degree or whatever, you're probably working a full-time desk job. Like you don't have the opportunity to, to make the changes that someone that's getting paid millions of dollars like that is going to make, you know, you know what I mean? That definitely makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, that's something that I, I have conversations with people about and think about, you know, like you see these actors or actresses and they might be, you know, really, really muscular or they might be really like lean and kind of have that like shredded physique and people will say like oh I want that body type I want that and then to achieve it is really hard and yes you know you or I you know the average person can achieve it but the motivation is so different for someone like us than someone that's getting paid you know 10 millions of dollars to get into that shape right right oh yeah definitely and I think I think a great example of that is um Christian Bale. I don't, I don't know all of the movies that it, it, that it was for, but I saw like his progressions from like the different movies that he does. I mean, the dude literally like looks like he's starving in one film and then almost not even like a year later, he's just beat and bulked up for Batman. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy because like you said, the motivation that's behind these goals is really what's going to lead you to those results. Definitely. And then obviously the resources they have at their disposal, like training and diet wise is oh, yeah. ridiculous. Definitely. You know? I mean, if I had someone cooking me all my meals with like perfect, <laughs> you know, macronutrients, micronutrients, calories, just putting them right. in the dishes, yeah. that wouldn't Definitely. be that hard to follow. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be, you know, everything's done for you almost to an extent. And then you right. just got to work hard at it. Right. And then Definitely. that paycheck or that that movie is is a definitely a, a a strong motivator right yeah so dylan mentioning kind of christian bale that's a really good example you know someone who he's been seen at, at both extremes you know having that really jacked you know physique but also kind of looking like he hasn't had food in you know days um mm-hmm. and he does that for a job now the average person isn't gonna you know really do that but would you say that is even like healthy for our bodies or is that just, you know, it is what it is. So we're diving real deep, real quick here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it, it really depends. Um, And I would, I would argue that Christian Bale and someone doing something like that, they're going to be one of those elite level performers. And now you can think of the elite level performer as like uh, the, basketball players in the NCAA championship coming up here, or, you know, you could think of it as just like a millionaire movie star who's trying to get ready for the next role, right? These are elite level competitors and the average individual isn't exactly built for that kind of um, lifestyle. You know, I don't know if, I don't necessarily know if everyone or anyone really is built for it. You know, that's a different conversation, but for the most part, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's not appropriate for people to, to be fluctuating in their goals to that, to that level of extreme, you know, like, I guess that would be um, like a very, the very most intense form of like cutting and bulking someone could do. Right. I guess. Um, And I, I don't know if that is exactly, I don't think that that would be something that's advantageous for people to go through. Right. Um, And that bring, makes me bring up a point where that I really like to discuss when it comes to human health and human performance. Um, and this is what I mean by working really deep here now. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned from an individual, his name is Dr. Andrea Ospina, um, the creator of functional range systems. Uh, he came up with this idea of the evolutionary perspective of health. Okay. Right. And so this is, 
discusses uh, the first question. It's a it's a series of three questions that we can almost apply to any health related situation that we arise that we, that comes up in our lives. And the first question there is, what were we as humans naturally selected to do? Okay. Right. And so now we're we're kind of taking a little bit of a dive into evolutionary biology here, and the answer to that question is hunt and gather. And what did hunting and gathering, you know, entail, you know, what did that, what did that mean? Mm -hmm. It meant on a daily basis as humans, we were running, sprinting, crawling, walking, climbing, throwing, and doing other, you know, expressions of our movement. And the second question for the evolutionary perspective of health is what, are we currently doing as homo sapiens? What are we currently Mm -hmm. doing today? And the answer to that question for many people is not hunting and gathering, (laughs) right? Right. Right? Um, And so if we think about it, you know, uh, we've spent, you know, our our genome was formed the way that our, um, our, our physical structure looks, you know, this took roughly, you know, over 3 million years to become the way it is. Right. And so, in the last, you know, maybe a couple hundred years, we've dr- dramatically changed the way that we live our lifestyle. Um, and we can dive a little bit deeper into that science here in a little bit. But so we're no longer living like hunters and gatherers, right? And right. we're now starting to do we're you know, it's we're in the digital age currently. So we're doing a lot of movement with our hands, um, maybe a little bit of movement with the neck, but other than that, there's not a ton of movement variability occurring. Right. And the third question, the evolutionary perspective of health is what are we doing to compensate for the fact that we are no longer living as hunters and gatherers or no longer living as we were naturally selected to do. Right. And the answer to that question is exercise, but exercise itself has, you know, evolved. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is true statement here, but I think it's reasonable to believe that, you know, when exercise was first invented, we weren't thinking about like bench press and deadlift and bodybuilding. And you you know what I mean? I think when exercise was first invented, right, it was it was it was a compensatory, you know, uh, idea, right. It was, it was to make up for the fact that we're no longer living as hunters and gatherers. Right. Right. Um, so again, those three questions for the evolutionary perspective of health. And I, I think this really kind of sparks the conversation for aligning anyone back to like a really healthy path in their life. The first question, what are we naturally selected to do? Second question, what are we currently doing? And the third question is, what are we doing to compensate for the fact that we're no longer living as we're naturally selected to do so? Okay. That, yeah. That was like really, I said, that, that, that gets really deep. It yeah, does. You know? <laughs> it does. And it's a yeah. lot to think about. And I mean, it, it's something that I've maybe very, very basic scratched the surface of just like kind of doing self-research, but just to kind of hear that full perspective, it, it's, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, you know, it's really funny that you say that, um, scratching the surface with it, because I think the first time I um, ever scratched the surface with those mm-hmm. kind of questions was, um, I was, I was, you know, in a, a while ago, I was quite the gamer. And, okay. you know, I had this headset that I would wear, and it didn't exactly feel comfortable, like sitting on my ears. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I kept asking myself, I was like, man, like, why does it wear or why does it hurt to wear this headset? Like it's not supposed to hurt when I wear this headset. Right. And I started kind of thinking about it a little bit and I was like, wait a minute, why is it not supposed to hurt when I wear this headset? I was like, it's not like this headset was, I mean, the headset was built to fit on my ears, but my mm-hmm. ears weren't built to support this headset. Right. You know what I mean? And I kind of started like diving deeper into that. And I was like, yeah. you know what? Like, you know, like I said, you know, our, our genome has been forged over the past like 3.5 million years. Right. So in, we're trying to, you know, put these, these modern um, conveniences into our lifestyle to, to, to make up for whatever it may be, you know, like food's more accessible. So now Mm -hmm. we don't have to, we don't have to like, you know, hunt and gather for our food anymore. And you know, it was just, that was my first, that was my first kind of like dive into this evolutionary 
concept in it. You know, that was a little bit of a ramble there, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was really a really, really interesting mm-hmm. perspective. Like I said, the evolutionary definitely. perspective of health is definitely a very interesting perspective. Definitely. Now, when it comes to coaching, is that the perspective that you're, you're always coaching from, or does it kind of depend on the individual? Yeah. So to an extent, it depends on the individual, but for the most part, it's, that's always what I'm looking to coach, okay. uh, to coach someone towards. Right. Um, you know, I don't do a ton of work with athletes. That's just not really where my passion is. Um, okay. we can, we can discuss where my passions lie a little bit deeper in a second here. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't work with a ton of athletes, but really, you know, um, and we kind of come back to this idea of inventing exercise, athletic sports are inventions, right? Human right. inventions. We didn't, you know, you know, like maybe, like I said, hunters and gatherers were throwing things, but they weren't, you know, throwing a rock at an animal. Right. And then once that animal dropped over, they don't walk 60 feet pick up the rock, walk back 60 feet and throw it another hundred times. Right. You, you know what I mean? I'm making a joke about pitching here. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, hundreds, that wasn't like something that we did. Right. So this repetitive motion of athletes isn't exactly it's, it's something that we invented. Right. And yeah. so when it comes to the athlete, it really depends on what season they're in right are they are they in the season of their sport yeah in that case they're going to sacrifice their health there's no way around that right they're going to lose out on a little bit of sleep they're going to their nutrition is going to be more performance driven which might mean that your macronutrients are skewed so you might not be getting the 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 amount of like omega-3 dhas that you need you know or whatever it may be yeah um the athlete is going to sacrifice their health for performance and that's okay short term yeah. When it comes to the off season, that's when, if I were to be their trainer, that's when we need to focus on, okay, you just threw that baseball as a pitcher, for an example, um, you just threw that baseball 1000 times over the past three, four months, yeah. right? Let's rehab that shoulder. So that way we don't experience an injury next season or make it a current injury even worse. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so, so it really depends there. Okay. Um, you know, who the individual is and what, uh, what time of their, their specific sport they're in. That makes sense. For, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. And I, I think that's a good point to bring up that, you know, unfortunately, if you are a high level athlete, your health will most likely always be sacrificed a bit during the season, right? Like, I, I think sometimes we might have this misconception that like we can still maintain, you know, perfect peak health while also competing at a high level which it's not always the case there's there has to be some give and take and some sacrifice but I I like what you said with you know once that season's over that's kind of when you then are going into how can we you know now essentially repair the body right yes yeah it's a constant state of um damage the body and repair the body damage the body repair the body you know back to that same um analogy that we had with the um with Christian Bale and Mm -hmm. um, elite level performers, you know, like he's, when he's getting ready for a movie, you know, he's going to go through that period of unhealthy, you know, unhealthy lifestyle. And then between movies, we're going to rehabilitate and get you back to, to proper human health. Definitely. Okay. I'm, I'm with that. Okay. 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 All right. It's making sense. Yeah. It's it's clicking. It's it's hard to fire. And I'm like, all right, I see it. Yeah. It it took me a few years to kind of understand this, you know, even with my own training, I, you know, I I was one of those people for a while who was like, I, you know, I have to be in the gym seven days a week for two Mm -hmm. hours at a time and just busting my butt the whole time, you know, to, to, to what grow an extra inch on my biceps, you know, (laughs) in the long term, it doesn't really, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, um, uh, but so, yeah, you know, I, it took me a while to kind of realize that, uh, what, what is, what does healthy actually mean? Right? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm sure it, this is probably one of those questions that it could go so many different ways, but you know, you just said, what does healthy actually mean to, to Dylan, the coach, what does healthy mean? How would you define that or explain that to someone who might not know? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> like you said, that this can go many different ways. Yeah. What is what does healthy mean? Um, I don't know if I really have a good definition of what healthy means to me, but I know that I 
I'm in a, I'm in a healthy state if, you know, uh, and then we can get even deeper into here into like, you know, your the specifics with your body specifically, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you wake up, how do you feel? Are you still tired? Do you feel well rested? That's a factor of your health yep. when it comes to, you, you know, just moving around throughout the day, how does your movement feel? Is it, is it easy or is it difficult when you take your shoulders through their own range of motion, or you try to lift your arms above your head? Do you feel restricted? Are you able to get there completely? Um, when you use the bathroom, you know, like how long are you sitting on the toilet for? Like, and we'll, let's ask some other, some other questions here. What's the consistency like, you know what I mean? Like, these are all going to be questions, you know, that have to be asked when we discuss, what does healthy mean? Um, and then we can even get into a little bit more of the nutrition, right? Like yeah. what, how, how different does your food look, right? Like, are you eating, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, we eat the same like three foods yeah. all day long, right? Yeah. And it's just, they're just in different shapes, Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but you see a lot of the same colors, like doesn't matter how many different ways you cook a potato, it's still a potato, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it, you know, we gotta, you know, there's, there's so many different questions that can um, define healthy, right? Yeah. And, and back to that evolutionary perspective of health, right? Mm-hmm. I, I even kind of been dabbling around with this, my own, in my own, my own mind lately. Yeah. Um, but like, as the hunters and gatherers, right, they, they didn't, health wasn't an objective. It was a byproduct of just survival. Yeah. Right? You know? And so it's, it's, I've kind of tried to relax a little bit on the objective of health. I'll put that in quotations, okay. uh, relaxing on the objective of health in quotations there, because if I'm living my life as say a normal hunter and gatherer should, or if I try to compensate for not living that way the best that I can, health should be a, a byproduct of that. And what that would look like when it comes to nutrition, right, is going to be eating a diverse, diverse palate, right? You're going to have yeah. a lot of different foods. You're not going to eat the same foods every day. So right. I try to, you know, I try to, I try to change up what I'm eating. Maybe one day I eat a lot of fish. The next day I'm eating a lot of chicken. I'm every day I'm trying to eat a diverse amount of vegetables or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, yeah. maybe one day I don't eat any meat at all. Um, maybe the next day I, you know, I fast for three hours when I wake up, you know, what, whatever it may be, I've been trying to relax and just kind of like listen to my body and see, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is it suggesting? You know, what is it asking for today? It's a really, really interesting way to think about it. I love that. You know, that's something that just, I mean, I, I don't have nearly, you know, the background or the the knowledge that Dylan has, but like for me in my everyday life, as I've gotten older, I've kind of been like, what does the body, you know, need? What is my body telling me today? Like, maybe I have this workout regimen, but today my body says it needs some rest or, you know, with right. nutrition, maybe, you know, I have this, I'm on this nutrition plan where I'm eating a certain amount of calories and macros, but, you know, I'm still a little hungry. So like, let's eat a little more, like let's lower, you know, carbs for today and see how that makes me feel. So I I love that you kind of said that perspective of just like, we all kind of could take some more time to just be more in tune with our bodies and listen to it more. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. And it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. You know, it's like, well, of course I know what I feel like, but we don't realize that we don't know what we feel like until we learn how to figure out what we feel like, right. You know, it's, it's a really, it's a really weird, it's almost <laughs> like a paradigm shift. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like even, even myself and throughout my own journey, um, actually we'll get a little bit of backstory here. And I, I, you know, I'm surprised it came up this late in the podcast here. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I believe, you know, this, right. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 13 years old. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, for a while, I, you know, I thought that like the, the chronic pain, uh, that I was feeling as a result of my diagnosis, I thought that that was just like normal. Everyone had back pain when they were in high school. You know, I thought that was normal for me. I thought, you know, like my joints being achy all the time was normal for just the human experience. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought this kind of stuff was normal. And then I realized I started doing, I started working out and I started doing some yoga and I was like, Oh man, like my joints no longer feel achy and sore. Like I don't really have back pain when I do stuff like this. And then it kind of like started to bring that like awareness factor as a paradigm shift. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. 
I don't have to feel like crap all the time. That's not the human experience. And then, you know, I started changing the way I ate and I was like, oh, wow, man, you know, it feels, it feels really good to eat, you know, maybe like some broccoli after I work out mm -hmm. rather than a Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich, <laughs> you know, and right. I started to play around with that kind of awareness and it, it just snowballs. And then it's, uh, I, I always like to use the example, um, uh, Morpheus from the matrix where yeah. he's offering Neo, the blue pill and the red pill. Right. Yep. And you know, I took, I took that, uh, the red pill, right. It's the red pill. I took the red pill yeah. and now I know way more than I ever wanted to know. Right. <laughs> and there's no going back. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, you know, for anyone listening, just a little quick background, I, Dylan and I, we've known each other. Jeez. How long has it even been? Oh, while like, it's, it's been uh, at least 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it sounds crazy, but it has to be yeah. at least 10, 10 yeah, like at least 12 10 years, years or something. Yeah, 10, something so, like yeah, I mean, just as as friends and just kind of seeing you go out through go through your journey, like, I, I'll be the first to say, like, I've seen Dylan all over the place, like, trying different things, like, going from, like, I'm, you know, like he said, mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, lifting seven days a week for two hours a day, you know, to maybe not doing as much strength and doing more like mobility and flexibility. And like now I've, I've seen him recently kind of going into like, you know, doing things with like body, like body weight and, yeah. you know, not yeah. even really lifting like, you know, plates of, <laughs> of, yeah. uh, of yeah. weight and stuff. Yeah. More, more calisthenics. Based. Yeah. Actually, I, I really enjoy the calisthenics training. Yeah. Um, I don't do it. So I haven't been training a ton lately. You know, I got other things going on right, right now. Um, but I really enjoy it because it challenges your mobility, yeah. um, which I think is, you know, we can get into that in a little bit here as well. Uh, but I really enjoyed the mobility challenge as well as just the, the efficiency of it all. Yeah. Right. You know, like uh, before when, you know, you're more into like the bodybuilding scene uh, or doing that style of training, mm -hmm. you know, you spend two hours working on like your chest and your triceps, right. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I start trying to work on doing some like handstands and handstand pushups and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And dude, like 10 minutes later, I'm toast. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's, it's extremely efficient. And, you know, if your goal, if your goal is to increase the size of your muscles, you know, maybe, maybe you do want to spend a little bit more time increasing the individual volume of right. all those different, you know, lines of tissue. But if your goal is to, you know, live like a human and you know experience what it's like to be a human it's you know that's all about efficiency you know let's exactly let's, let's get things done but let's also be able to do it multiple times throughout the day right no I, I love that and now dylan like you know something you you kind of brought up very briefly was you know passions what you're passionate about you're you're a guy i know that's passionate about many different things <laughs> what's you know, maybe current passions or current passions. what's your like focus at right now? Just yeah. like with you. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think it's, I think it's been, um, a little bit of a, you know, I kind of touched on it just previously there. It's been a snowballing effect, um, for a few years now. Uh, like I said, when mm -hmm. I first started working out, it was, you know, I noticed that like when I worked out, I felt better. My joints yeah. felt better. I felt com more comfortable in my own skin. Yep. Um, and then I started doing yoga and that helped for a while, you know, and I was, I was almost like the way I said I was training, I was very neurotic about the way I was doing yoga. You know, it was every single day I was yeah. doing an hour of yoga, you know, on top of like my one to two hours of weightlifting. Right. So it was, my training day was, it was extensive. Yeah. Um, and so that was, you know, providing me with some relief. And then I, you know, came across, it was, I was actually due to another trainer that I was working with, uh, my previous gym, uh, she got certified in, um, a system called functional range conditioning. Okay. So that Dr. Andrea Ospina, the evolutionary perspective of health guy, he created this, this, um, system, functional range systems and functional range conditioning okay. is one of the branches of that. And what functional range conditioning is, is it's, um, it's the most scientific, scientifically proven way to increase joint control, okay. joint range of motion. And so what functional range conditioning is, is it's the introduction to all that. So we learn about things that are called CARS and CARS stands for controlled articular rotations. Okay. And when you see, you know, you may have seen these on my Instagram, you may, yeah. other people have, may have seen them somewhere, but they just look like joint circles. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're joint circles with a lot of intention. You know, it's, it's, it's learning about 
you know, if I can learn how to move my shoulder without any other joint in my body moving, then that is the purest demonstration of what Dylan's shoulder can actually do. Okay. And then if I have, you know, if I take you through, and there's one of these cars for every single joint in their body. Okay. If I take you through your cervical spine car, so the cervical spine car is the seven vertebrae that are in your neck. Mm -hmm. So if I take you through your cervical spine car, and I see that when you do your cervical spine car, your shoulders kind of pull up into the air. Uh, you know, maybe maybe your knees bend, your hips start doing some weird things. You start bending at the torso. I see that all those compensations that are occurring are number one, a sign of inappropriate joint coupling, which means that your shoulders are trying to be a cervical spine and your okay. shoulders are not as good at being a cervical spine as your cervical spine. Is, right. Right? <laughs> you know, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense there. Yeah. And then uh, it shows me that, you know, there's, there's something that's going on, right your shoulder isn't able to do something. So then the rest of your body starts to make up for it, which is a really, really cool thing that the human body can do. Right. But also, you know, we don't want to rely on those compensatory patterns. Right. So if we can make your cervical spine better at being a cervical spine, then anything that you have to do with your cervical spine will get better just by that fact. Yeah. Right. If I make your shoulder better at being a shoulder, then when you do your shoulder press, it's going to do, you're, you're going to perform a shoulder press better. Right. If I make your shoulder a better shoulder, you're going to throw a baseball better. You, you know, yeah. insert example, improving the function of that joint is going to improve that example 100%, 100%. And so that's, that's what I've really gotten into. And that's okay. what my, my major passion is right now is it's, it's, it's joint specific strength training or just really, really high level mobility training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. And I mean, like you mentioned, I've definitely seen, you know, out on social media, Instagram, you know, you're, you're posting about things like mobility and, and the joint specifically. And I, I think that's interesting because, you know, even probably you, you know, prior to, to getting into coaching and everything similarly to me you know back when we were we first met in high school and stuff we were working out mm -hmm. and stuff but I think we just like lifted with that mentality of how much weight can we heft up right. you know and right thinking about like actual like individual joints like when you said shoulders yes. and stuff I was like wow that like just in that moment that resonated with me like yeah like maybe that's yeah. how I what I need to do to get stronger at shoulder press not like you know some sort of right you know, just put, keep so, pushing it. <laughs> we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into movement yeah. here. And this is kind of like, we're going to circle all the way back to this evolutionary perspective of health. Maybe, okay. maybe I brought that up too early. Maybe we, we'll probably lose a few listeners because they're going to be like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> now it's all going to make sense. I okay. promise. <laughs> bring us home. <laughs> um, yeah. Bring, bring it home. Bring it home. Um, but so, like I said, when you, and you can take your shoulder, we'll take your left arm out here for an example, and you can point your thumb up straight into the air. Right. Okay. When I'll point your, like rotate your whole shoulder until that thumb goes forward and then it points down, right? So that's what we're going to call internal rotation, right? Now, when you're doing a uh, overhead shoulder press, you're not exactly training that internal rotation, right? Now the inverse of that internal rotation, we rotate it back. That's going to be called external rotation. When we do that shoulder press, you're also not externally rotating your shoulder, right? Right. We're only taking the shoulder through flexion and extension when we do a shoulder press. Right. And if you look at a lot of different movements that you see in the gym, like shoulder presses or pull-ups, which is going to be a vertical movement of the shoulder. Yep. We look at bench presses and rowing style movements. That's going to be a horizontal movement pattern for the shoulder and the elbow. And, you know, it's all flexion and extension. And we see squats and we see deadlifts. It doesn't matter what exercise program you see out there. I'll bet you that exercise program is founded on those four movement patterns, yeah. vertical, horizontal, pushing slash pulling, and then squatting and hinging. Yep. Every single exercise program you'll see, they don't touch on rotation and rotation is like the forgotten component of our joints. So, you know, and, and, and to tie it all home, like those hunters and gatherers, they didn't set, set up you know, when they, you know, when they had to squat for things, yeah. they didn't set up where their feet were about shoulder width apart, you know, their 
feet are kind of spread out at about a 45 degree angle with each foot. And then they squat down and they made sure their knees didn't go past their toes. Like, no, that that's not how we squatted, you know, right. for a majority of our existence. We just kind of realized that, oh, I need to get down on the ground. I'm just going to get down on the ground the fastest way possible. And whether that's, you know, leaning more over the right leg, because that's where the object is that you need to pick up. Yep. That's what happened, right? So we need to be able to express our joints in these full ranges of motion. And that's, you know, really where I come back to you. And I, I totally just rambled there. I totally forgot your question. I should have wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's, I, I, uh, yeah, that it's, it's really, it's almost intuitive once you start to hear about it. Yeah. Right. Um, like you said, you kind of had that little epiphany when I was talking about the shoulders performance Mm -hmm. and, um, we see a lot, like I was saying, you see a lot of movements in the gym, they're all flexion and extension, yeah. but they're missing that rotational component. That rotational component is so important for our joints. And you might ask me, why is that so important for our joints? Well, yep. your shoulder your shoulder rotates, doesn't it? Yeah. Three, 3.5 million years of evolution tell us that it's important that your shoulder rotates then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very complex. Yeah. Um, training that we can get into from there but it also becomes very simple because then it's basically basically founded on principles okay so like now i'm thinking about shoulders specifically that's kind of the example we've been running with you know like Mm -hmm. you you mentioned kind of the movements of shoulder press or pull up stuff like that Mm -hmm. now are those kind of lifts are, are they essentially harmful at times because you're not getting the rotation or you just want to do both. Make sure you're getting the rotation while you're also doing those uh, vertical movements. Okay. So those are patterns. Okay. Those are patterns. And we want to be able to practice our patterns. But, and I guess this is maybe what I meant to touch on there. And I, I apologize. Oh, it's okay. Uh, a little, little scattered. <laughs> um, but when we train, ultimately, our, our main objective is to be training tissue, right? Yeah. Uh, tissue, meaning your, your connective tissue that's uh, connecting your bones to your muscles, like the tendons and the ligaments or your bones to your bones, ligaments specifically. You have fascia, you have muscle, you have all this different tissue. We're just going to call it stuff, tissue, okay. right? So we're training lines of tissue. If you're always doing a bicep curl the same way, you're always training that tissue in the same direction. If you're always doing a pull-up in the same way, you're never changing the position of your hands. You're always training those tissues in the same way. And so those tissues are going to get really good at moving in that pattern. But if we change them, all of a sudden they become weaker. Okay. So the idea is that we want to be able to practice. Those are what I would call patterns. Like the pull-up is a pattern. Okay. The overhead press is a pattern. The bench press is a pattern. If we get really good at patterns, then that's all our tissues are really good at is yeah. those specific patterns. But if we train our joints in those rotational components and then also those flexion and extension components and those abduction and adduction components, yep. it sounds like a lot. I know. <laughs> um, if we get, if we create strong joints in those, in those, um, in like all of those ranges of motion, yeah. then those specific tissues, we're actually, we're not, we're not going to have to worry about it because when you rotate your shoulder, you're going to access a lot more tissue than you would mm-hmm. if you're just flexing extending. If you're really working on flexion of the shoulder in multiple different uh, planes, then you don't have, you know, it, it's, it's going to carry over to whatever pattern it is that you're looking at. So yeah. to, to answer your question about if it's, is it detrimental to be doing those things? I would say no, unless you're doing it all the time. Yeah. So if we <clears throat> kind of look at what, what leads to injuries, mm-hmm. uh, right. We look at all non-contact related injuries are a result of repetitive movement. Yeah. Right. So you see people who, you know, throw a baseball yeah. all the time, that motion occurring, you know, thousands of times over the life of, of over a lifetime, eventually that shoulder just gives out because of that yeah. repetitive motion, the shoulder got really good at doing one thing, yeah. but not very good at doing all the other things that the shoulder can do. Right. Right. So if we teach the shoulder, how to be a shoulder, then throwing a baseball becomes better. If we teach the shoulder how to be a shoulder, then a pull-up becomes easier. If 
we teach the shoulder how to be a shoulder, bench press becomes easier, right? Does that that kind of make sense? Does that clarify anything? It does, yeah, because I think, you know, we focus on teaching the shoulder how to overhead press, teaching the shoulder how to right. rotate a baseball. But like you said, you know, we need to teach a shoulder how to properly be a shoulder, meaning it functions the way that it, it's intended to and how it always has, like evolutionarily. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. The yeah. the lights are flickering on in the brain. Okay. Okay. I hope I hope it is for everyone at home too. You know, because sometimes it's 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 difficult here, especially because you know it's it's audio only. Yeah. So I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if my mic's picking it up, but I'm like moving around <laughs> trying to do this stuff. Right. Like normally, I work better in the the in person setting or yeah. like some way I can demonstrate some things. You know, so it's a little bit more difficult uh, with the audio only. Um, I hope I hope the message is coming coming through. To people definitely and you know i think that's <laughs> that brings up kind of a good point um you know i know that kind of off the record you and i have talked recently and it sounds like there's maybe some some things in the works maybe even some like sort of video content coming out um are you able to talk about any maybe projects or things that you're working on yeah i'll talk i'll talk a little bit about this kind of stuff um you know so i don't know when when I'll have everything said and done. I'm hoping it's actually going to be here pretty soon. Definitely before this podcast goes, uh, goes live and airs out. Um, but I'm putting together a YouTube channel so I can start to explain these concepts a little bit more um, clearly so that they make sense <laughs> for people okay. um, and it a little bit more systematically. So, um, and I guess this kind of, uh, kind of branches into like my, my overall project and why I really became a trainer was, um, you know, I told you, I didn't really, you know, athletes weren't my, um, they weren't, they're not my passion, right? right? My passion is teaching people how to just be better at being a human. Yeah. Right. So along with that, I never wanted to really, and I don't, I, you may have been one of these individuals uh, in the past for me, but I never really wanted to really charge people for training advice. It's just, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm passionate about it and I'm really good at it. So I figured, you know, why, why don't I make some money doing this? But when I first started this really before I even became a trainer, I was texting people routines on a regular basis. I right. was texting people meal plans on a regular basis just for free because I loved educating people about this kind of stuff. I love talking to people, talking to people through this. And I, I, you know, that's, ultimately my primary goal is I want people to be able to get this information for free. You yeah. know, I think there's, there's too many sources out there that are shoving, you know, inappropriate um, information yep. down our throats and turning us into crappier human beings, not in the moral sense, but in the literal sense, like yeah. we're no longer good at being human because of all this stuff that's going on. Um, you know, whether it's like sitting on the couch, watching TV all day, or fa you're driving past a fast food restaurant on your way home. It's just, it's just too accessible to become an unhealthy human. So right. I want making, I want to make being a healthy human much more accessible for people. So the, the first place that I'm starting with that is going to be YouTube. Okay. Uh, so I'll be creating a YouTube channel and, um, from there educating people on what it's like to move your shoulder and what it's like to move your knee and you know because we can go into every joint we just went deep on the shoulder here right i i love that and, and that's where it starts yeah i mean i think that's a great starting point and i love that and you know i again i, I will definitely go on the record and say that dylan he, he knows what he's talking about like we've i've talked to him extensively about these kind of things you know just for fun or just even like hey like i'm experiencing this discomfort, you know, with a certain joint or whatever, or like, I'm trying, you know, this kind of nutrition plan, like, what's your thoughts on it? So he definitely knows what he's talking about. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point that, you know, the way the world is now, it, it's easy to fall into those unhealthy habits or behaviors. And it's, it's not, right. you know, anyone's fault per se. It's just, right. you know, convenience or, you know, efficiency, whatever. But I, I like that you want to use a platform to spread you know, positive and, and good health, you know, behaviors and, and re really reinforce the idea behind those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's, I think that's really where my passion lies. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's always been my goal. So that's, I think that's what I'm going to continue working on is figuring out how I can, you know, help people become the healthiest they can just 
you know, you're, we're already paying way too much for education. You don't need mm-hmm. to pay me 500 bucks a month <laughs> to help you do it. Right. Right. Like, you know, it's, the odds are already stacked in the favor of you becoming unhealthy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to contribute to that. Right. Right. I, I want to make being healthy as accessible as possible. Um, and uh, it, along with that, it, just so anyone knows where my educational space comes from, um, or like my uh, my reasoning for mm-hmm. the, the or the the way I teach, I guess I should say, um, is you know early on when I became a trainer, my whole goal was to make it to where you know after you train with me for six months, you no longer need me as a trainer. Um, after that, mm-hmm. I should have been able to teach you everything you know to go on and be successful in your journey of health. I have since changed that goal. Um, now I want you to train with me for a year, but after a year, you should be able to go to any gym in a 10 mile radius and you should be able to be the best trainer in that facility. I That's love that. Goal. I love yeah. that. That's a really good way to look at it. And I think that that's, you know, just from knowing you personally, that you're all about providing value. You know, how can I provide value to others? How can I change people's lives and, you know, make someone who does not have the same credentials as you just from training and spending time learning from you with the information you can provide almost like they're getting certified, you know, in a sense. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my certification process, it, you know, it took me a certain length of time. It yeah. might take you a little bit longer when I'm teaching it to you, mm-hmm. but after a year or two, you'll have that, you know, unofficial certification, you know, I love that. There we go. The, the yeah. Dylan Elgis yeah, certification. You know, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it might take you a little bit longer. It'll be a little bit cheaper, yeah. but Hey, it, you'll, you'll get there. Definitely now for you know anyone without even realizing it yeah. without even realizing it. you didn't even know and then all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna finish up with a whole new personal training certification exactly so. i love that so you know dylan for anyone that's listening and again these this is one of those questions where i'm sure you could take it so many different ways but just you know for like a casual person if they hear this and they're like i want to get you know better and better health what's some things that they could do like simple everyday things, mm-hmm. whether it's you want to take that nutritional wise exercise movement mm-hmm. recovery, just some basic things that anyone can do. So I, I like you said, it, it, you know, this was a very variable question. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk more about these other, the other facets of this, but in, in my experience, I think the, the, the lowest hanging fruit for people or the easiest domino to knock over is that exercise or movement domino. Um, And I've noticed, and you tell me if your experience has been similar. um, But like I said, for me, my first introduction to this industry was through, you know, my fitness and changing, Mm -hmm. changing the way I, you know, perceive exercise and the way I move and different things like that. And I've, I found a lot of people, it's the easiest way to get into it. And the nutrition is, you know, nutrition and sleep easily come along with that. Yeah. Um, because they, they help support that training goal. Like training can be fun, right? And yep. you want to continue to do it. So nutrition makes that a little bit easier and you get more results from it. Yep. Um, so that would always be maybe my first recommendation for people. Okay. But also I, you know, if you're someone who works, you know, uh, like a crazy work week, like a 60 hour work week, um, my, my first suggestion for that, you know, you don't have time, you got kids, you're working 60 hours, you don't have time to hit the gym every day or whatever it is. Um, from there it's, you know, maybe, maybe spend a little time getting mindful. We didn't really talk about much else than training, but we can also, you know, talk about, you know, maybe, maybe focusing on the sleep for that individual yeah. is going to be beneficial. You know, it really, it really depends on what's currently going on in an individual's life. And that's, you know, I think that's where like the coaching really becomes beneficial. Yeah. And I mean, like, like you said, we, we've touched heavily on the training aspect and the physical aspect, but um, talk a little bit about the, the mental and the mindset, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so where do we even begin? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and correct me, you know, you, you can kind of steer this ship if you want, yeah. but what you mean here by like the mental and the physical, um, is like the idea of starting a health journey. Is that what we're kind of discussing? here? Yeah. Or just how like, you know, the mental side impacts your health and probably more oh, the ways, mental side impacts. Yeah. Okay. More ways yeah. Than yeah. No, that's, that's extremely powerful. And, you know, uh, not to beat a dead horse here, but again, going back to that evolutionary perspective of health. Uh, we, you know, we have like these, you know, so many, so many like mental health 
complications going on mm -hmm. um, today, you know, and I think it's at the same time, we can, we can circle back. So what, what are we naturally selected to do? We're, we're naturally selected to move and eat well, yep. you know, and probably have some sex and, you know, party at a bonfire, you know, like that's what we're meant to do. <laughs> yeah. And we're not doing that anymore. So it makes sense that we're no longer, you know, experiencing the same like brain chemistry that we would yeah. living in that environment. Right. So in, in my own experience, you know, I've had those, um, you know, bouts of depression, especially mm -hmm. after my diagnosis um, in my like early teenage or my mid teenage years. And, you know, I didn't start figuring some things out until I was about 18, 19 years old. And up until then, you know, I, I was struggling with bouts of depression and training has definitely helped kind of turn that around. And, you know, uh, for me specifically, I don't know if it was the confidence that training built and the confidence that eating better built, or if it was the, just, just helping people and, you know, achieve their goals. And even if it was me just texting someone a back and biceps routine yeah. when I was 18 years old and they saw some success from it and had fun, maybe, you know, maybe them giving me that feedback is what started to turn around my mental health, or maybe it was the the confidence that I gained um, from doing my own training. You yeah. know, uh, it's, 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 it, that one's a very interesting question because I think it, it hits us all in different ways, right? right. Uh, it takes, it takes a different amount of time. It's a different set of factors. You know, that one can be totally chemically related. So uh, your sleep and your nutrition could have a major influence over how you, how you perform mentally, yeah. or it could be all physical, you know, the way that you see your self image, you know? And so then in that case, training is going to have a big influence on it. Or, you, you know, there's so many different, you know, uh, it could be the relationships that you have in your life. So it's, uh, that one's a, that's a, that's a, that's another podcast, right? right. There. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It, it's, I, I think, you know, there, there's a lot we could take with it. And like you said, that's a whole other discussion, but I think, you know, the, the gist that I, I'm getting from you is that the mental health is just as important as our physical health. And it's something that sometimes gets neglected, but they really, you know, to fully, be a healthy human, you need the, the harmony of both of them working together. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, it's a, it's a term called, or it's a, I guess it's two words, mm -hmm. so it's maybe not one term, but embodied cognition. If you haven't heard of this before, it's just, I mean, it's, it's going to make sense when you've heard it, but it's, it's the, the word for basically knowing that the brain and the mind are connected. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, the, the brain and the body are connected um, or the brain and the, the mind and the body um, are connected. So, you know, if you're if you're feeling sluggish, chances are it's going to be very difficult to exercise. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling sluggish and you go out for a walk, there's a good chance that that movement is going to cause some chemical reaction in the brain to help, you know, boost your confidence and get you more excited for movement. And, you know, we, we can use this to our advantage. So, you know, if we're in uh, uh, a funk, right. And we don't yeah. really want to do anything. Sometimes getting some gentle movement in is going to help, you know, lift your spirits up. Right. Or even if it's the other way, other way around, like you're, you know, you're, you're, you really want to work out like in a mental space, but your body's just feeling, you know, a little fatigue, you know, sometimes like doing like brain exercises can help give you that, that sense of, you just you accomplish something physical yeah. and and from there you might you might you know what i mean that might aid you in that recovery process so that way you don't have to feel so bad about not training your physical self right because you trained your mental self and then that you know isn't going to lead to a spiral effect of you no longer training so then now you get a little bummed out about not training as often and being you know harder on yourself because you're not training as consistently as you should. And, you know, you fall, you know, cause I think we all, a lot of us fall victim to, to that rabbit hole right yeah. there. Right. So, you know, it's, it's being aware that these two entities really are connected and they have so much power over one another that maybe if we just shift our perspective a little bit, we can kind of influence the other one a little bit more. Yeah. Definitely. If that makes it, sense. it makes a lot of sense to me and it really resonates with me. I mean, just thinking about my personal journey, you know, from a physical and mental health standpoint, you know, like when they're both firing, that's when I feel the best, right? Like, you know, we just need right. that combination. Yeah, for sure. And then if it, like one's not feeling it, you know, then it's just, it's really easy for the other one to kind of like domino effect, yeah. right? Like if you're not, if your body's just feeling sluggish, like achy, mm -hmm. it's really easy for you to get in that state where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day. Yeah. 
You, you know what I mean? Whereas like, if you can kind of recognize that, that that effect is happening or that, you know, that reaction is occurring, you know, you, maybe, maybe you can, you know, let's do something that stimulates the brain and yeah. maybe that will get us through this achy body period of time. Definitely. It, it's, it, it sounds like what you're saying, just, just like the awareness, having that awareness yes. of ourselves and our bodies and our, our states, whether that's mental, physical, just like knowing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I love Certainly. that. Awesome. Certainly. Now, this is this is a little of me putting you on the spot a bit. We we didn't talk about this or anything to anyone that's listening. But would you be open to maybe like a quick little like activity, if you will? Ooh. Maybe uh, see what it is. Who's who's leading? Yeah. Who, yeah. Okay, you're leading the activity. Okay, no, you, I'll, I'll do. Well, it. yeah, you're kind of leading it. But basically, oh, okay. what I was thinking is, you know, for any for the people listening to have maybe more of a tangible example, and also to maybe see kind of. Dylan's okay. process, you know, let's use me as an example. If you and I were talking like, and you can ask me any questions you want, like what would you suggest for me to start focusing on to like better my overall health? Um, Ooh. Like kind of like a, Ooh, okay. a, a, a consultation, if you will. Oh, okay. 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 So number one, I would ask you, what are your training? What are your, what are your goals? Not even training specific, but mm-hmm. just life specific. What are your goals? Um, to be, you know, to have good health, to, you know, be in, be in good shape and good health and live a long life to, you know, help out, you know, my family, friends and make experiences with them and to feel confident in my own body. Okay. And what does your current, uh, you know, exercise or what does your current schedule look like? What do you, what do you, uh, what does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, so right now I'm a, a full-time graduate student, so have classes, homework, all that good stuff. Also working uh, part-time while I'm going through school. So, you know, maybe 20 hours a week working and then more of like the health fitness space. I um, try to get at least 10,000 steps every day. I work out, do like an intense workout um, three days a week and try to do some sort of you know, yoga, stretching, um, a little bit each day, at least like 15, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day. Okay. And, um, so yoga and stretching 15 to 10 minutes a day. Um, what are those, what are those intense training sessions look like? Yeah. So, um, probably similar to a lot of people with, uh, you know, the current situation in the world and how it's been over the last year, I've shifted more towards, um, calisthenics, just being, um, at home instead of at a, at a gym. Mm-hmm. So really for me, it's just, um, you know, a lot of body weight things, um, throwing on like a weighted, a weighted backpack for me to, you know, mm-hmm. maybe make, uh, mm-hmm. movements a little tougher and just trying to hit the, the major muscle groups, you know, chest, legs, back, shoulders, Right. Right. Okay. And then, uh, what is, how would you describe your nutrition? If you could give me, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be too extensive, Mm -hmm. but how would you describe what your nutrition looks like? Yeah, I would say I I kind of have this like 80, 20 philosophy where it's like 80% I'm trying to eat, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, healthy foods or, or better foods for you. And then, you know, 20% of the time uh, I, you know, I'll eat a candy bar, you know, some chocolate, you know, whatever. It's all about enjoying life too. Um, and I, I try to stick with the daily caloric intake that, I, that I've calculated out and then hit a um, certain amount of macros. I, I like to focus on protein mainly for me. Um, okay. Yeah. And then would you say there's a specific diet that you subscribe to, like a uh, vegan, paleo, uh, pescatarian, whatever, keto? No, um, I, I'm typically, um, I guess, I mean, if you want to call it like the, an anabolic diet, just with a priority of, of, um, protein and right. You right. know, that's the okay. main thing, but, um, I guess I, you would call it a diet technique. I guess, um, I, I do intermittent fasting. Okay. Yeah. So you do fast. Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm jotting this stuff. Oh down. no. Take your time. <laughs> um, and then how about your sleep what does your sleep look like uh, do you have like a, a bedtime do you have do you wake up at the same time every day uh do you wake up in the middle of the night uh, is that a regular occurrence yeah so i um i typically i feel like this sounds a little bad <laughs> but I, I typically go to sleep maybe around anywhere between like midnight and and one 
one thirty at like the latest um one in the morning but i usually sleep till about uh about nine uh so anywhere from maybe on a bad night seven to nine hours of sleep um unfortunately i do wake up throughout the night i would say maybe maybe once or twice i'll wake up um sometimes you know get a drink of water go to the bathroom whatever but sometimes i just like wake up and i'm like oh okay, I can't really fall back to sleep. And it takes, you know, maybe five minutes before I can doze back off. Okay. And so we're getting a little bit of spoilers to if we were ever to do a sequel to this podcast. But yeah. are you using, like, what? what is your um, pre-sleep ritual look like? Do you have one? What Ooh. do you do before you go to bed? Good question. So um, I try to, you know, I'm big on kind of like the blue light wave. So I try to avoid, you know, blue okay. light. Okay. Um, you're, you're woke to the blue yeah. light. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I try to avoid, you know, screens and stuff like that. Um, you know, of course, the usual, you know, brush your teeth, do all that good stuff, maybe set out, you know, stuff for the next day. But I like to just kind of, um, you know, try to get in a relaxed state. I, I typically don't eat, um, you know, a few hours before bed, let it kind of digest before I get ready to wind down. And then just try to do some calming things. Um, when I first hit, you know, the bed, I'll do some kind of deep breathing. And even like I, I carry a lot uh-huh. of tension in my shoulders. So like intentionally like okay. lowering the shoulders at the end of the night, I feel like helps me yeah, like relax. Yeah, there you go. Okay, interesting. So I, you know, to be honest, Zach, I don't see a ton of red flags. Okay. So you're making this one difficult, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is always a good thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I I do enjoy a challenge, but so this is uh, probably a point where if you were coming to see me as a coach, I would really need to see uh, like an assessment for your movement okay. because I think that would be my first area to address. Um, I guess the other question that I could ask you about your nutrition. Um, would be and you know we could this again this is a sequel or uh, um, a spoiler for a sequel uh like i could ask you about what types like do you know at all if you're in if if you have an intake of um prebiotic and probiotic bacteria i don't you don't Uh, do you eat a lot of fermented food no Okay, so that might be an interesting area that we can touch on okay. on a later podcast or a, a later top, a later time to talk. But that would be something that I might, I might suggest to you. Okay. Do you eat a lot of fish, fatty fish like tuna, salmon? I can't remember the last time I had fish. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that might be another area yeah. that I might help you. Uh, or we might discuss, yeah. um, and then I guess we could also talk about your performance in school. Like, do you feel like? your mental acuity do you feel like it's there do you feel like you're always just like sharp and ready for ready for whatever assignment gets thrown at you or do you think it kind of takes you a little bit of a minute to kind of get in the zone for studying and stuff like that oh man I I think it's it's one of those things that it kind of varies I think generally I feel kind of sharp you know throughout the day but I definitely think there's those times and and maybe this goes back to what we're talking about with like having that like mental and physical like duality Um, sometimes I just feel a little off and like it does take a little extra time to focus Okay. 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 Yeah. So like I said, not a ton of, not a ton of red flags. I'd say the biggest red flag for me is the lack of fatty fish. That's a a whole topic for another, another time. Um, but relating to DHA and EPA omega-3 fatty acids, um, and how they, you know, they, they form structural fats in our brain. Uh, that's the quick little teaser there. Um, so everyone, if you're listening, go ahead and take your fish oil supplement (laughs) and eat some more salmon. Um, it's important, I promise. Uh, but so if if you came in to see me and you were looking to just generally overall improve your performance, and um, I, I use that term, not in the athletic sense, mm-hmm. I use that term as like, you know, we're humans, we need to perform like humans should. Yep. Um, so I would then, you know, like I said, there's no real red flags for me here in your, in our little consultation. So I would take you through a movement screen and I would see, I would take that, that cars that I was, those cars that I was telling you about. Um, I have a full, there's a full body routine for the cars that will be up on the YouTube channel that I will have by time this podcast goes live. And what cars is going to help me do is assess your joints and what, I, it'll it'll give me the most purest raw form of what Zach can do with his body, and from there we would start addressing those deficits. Okay, I like that. 
Awesome. Well, hey, I mean, it's good to know that you don't see any major red flags. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, no, 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 not a ton of not a ton of red good. flags. You know, uh, maybe maybe shift the bedtime a little yeah. bit. That you know, um, the the sleep, the interruptions in sleep mm-hmm. is the only you know maybe like yellow flag that I'm seeing. Okay. Um, and I think you know it, it uh, we it, the conversation to figure out the cause of that would have to be a lot longer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if we have time and, you know, to get through all that one, that one, that one, that one's a, a longer discussion. For sure. Yeah. But I appreciate you kind of walking through this, you know, example and consultation. Um, You know, I I hope to anyone listening, this kind of gives you just like a little glimpse at the way that Dylan kind of thinks through things and how he works with his his clients as a coach. Um, You know, I, I, like I said, you're very knowledgeable on everything and to kind of see you in action, it's really cool for me to see too. And just to Thank get you. a better grasp of the way that you're taking, you know, your, the, the journey that you're taking your, your clients through, right. I guess would be a good way yeah. to put it. I appreciate that. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, I, I think Dylan put out a good point, you know, we could, we could have many more talks and conversations <laughs> and episodes. So yeah, there could be a lot. Yeah. There could be a lot. So, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot more, I would say we scratched the surface and got, pretty into a lot of good stuff here but you know yeah you gotta get a little bit of an introduction to who i am um and then we touched on mobility a little bit and we could go even way deeper into that stuff next time yeah (laughs) definitely and i mean you know anytime you want to come back you know you're always welcome and i definitely think we should do like a part two maybe even just the continuing series (laughs) and see how far we go yeah certainly but um certainly certainly i like that idea awesome but is there anything that you want to you know leave people with like any last thoughts or if anyone wants to connect with you where they can find you on you know social media or maybe the youtube what it might be called or anything like that yeah yeah. So, so currently I think the best place that you can find me is just at Dylan Elgis on Instagram. Um, from there in the future, as I kind of get things rolling with YouTube and other social medias, I'll link, you know, the ones that are related to that um, through my Instagram, but that's the social media platform that I am most active on is Instagram. And then, you know, I'm always here to give people advice. Like I said, I mm-hmm. do this for free if I had the option to. Um, so anytime, shoot me a DM. I'm always going to be receptive. Um, and my message for everyone is just, you know, like just kind of start to evaluate that evolutionary perspective of health. Cause that was a game changer for me. Yeah, That one really was a game changer for me. Um, you know, kind of start to evaluate, okay, how am I feeling? And maybe, maybe there's a really, really interesting PBS series on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> if you're looking, if you got a couple hours to kill um, about like the evolution of humans. And I really think evolutionary biology is fascinating. Yeah. So if you're, if you're looking to, looking to learn a little bit more about our species, because I think it's very important, you know, how can we begin to start assessing the human body if we don't know what the human body is? Right. Right. So check out, check out PBS's uh, series on YouTube. Uh, it's called like eons, like the evolution of humans or something like that. Okay. It's really, really cool stuff. Um, but other than that, yeah, you can find me on social media at Dylan Elgis. Perfect. And on Instagram at Dylan Elgis, it's, I'll put it, you know, in the description and everything, but that's D-Y-L-A-N, then Elgis, E-L-G-A-S, all one word, right? Yes, sir. I believe it is all one word. Yes, let me double check. I should have put that down. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to. Uh, no, it's underscore. So okay. Dylan underscore Elgis. Hey, Dylan. D-Y-L-A-N yeah. underscore E-L-G-A-S. Perfect. I apologize. No problem. <laughs> and I mean, again, I'll put that in like the description and everything of this yep. this episode. But, you know, everyone that's listening, go go check out Dylan. You know, whether you have questions or want to work with him or just see what he puts out. It, it's always great stuff. And, um, you know, just really really bright mind on this kind of stuff. And Dylan, I have no doubt, you know, whatever you do, you're going to bring a lot of value to the health industry. And, you know, I change a lot of lives along the way. So thank you for, for setting out on this journey. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you for inviting me on the show here. Of course. Yeah. Thanks so much. And um, we'll definitely have you back for a part two, but thank you so much, Dylan, for your time.